All right, Shive, here we go. Three, two, one. It's time now for the BetQL Boston Podcast. Let's run the slate with your host, Mike Mutnanski. That was a terrible third quarter last night, Shive, huh? Absolutely brutal, Mutt. It was disgusting, to be honest with you. My poor kids, they they can't watch the games on 845 at night. Uh, my nine-year-old's way more into the younger one. But I said I'll, I'll pause it at halftime and I'll write down the score for you. So before school when they get up, they get to watch the second half. They fast-forward the DVR. And they saw Celtics up eight at halftime. And then <laughs> my son's like, what just happened? <laughs> like, it was yep. the exact same thing as game five yep. against the Bucks. Yeah, that was an awful third quarter. And we'll get to the, the bets here in a second. And, and we, listen – the the well, I'll say that, but the game changed obviously at about six o'clock last night. No Al Horford, no Marcus Smart. We alluded to Marcus Smart not playing. We had no idea about the Al Horford COVID stuff. That thing can linger, which is affecting my opinion on this entire series going forward. But I'm not even sure that was the excuse, Shime. I thought Ime Udoka had a really good point after the game and rewatching that second half this morning. Like it, it wasn't role players; it was Tatum and Brown who disappeared for the entire third quarter. They got pushed around by Jimmy Butler and by Bam Adebayo. The Heat flexed their muscles, and the Celtics backed down. It was the stars, not the role players for the Celtics, that lost from that game. Yeah, 100%. I think the only the only one of those two that were out that I think would have made any difference in that game would have been Marcus Smart, just because then Tatum would have would not have been controlling the offense the entire third quarter because he kept getting his pocket picked left and right and getting passes intercepted and all that crap. Marcus Smart would have been the one driving the ball up the court there. Marcus Smart would have been driving the offense and getting the ball to Jason Tatum once in the offensive zone, not necessarily bringing the ball up over half court and then getting picked by Oladipo and going the other way. So I... I agree with you. I don't think it was any of the role players' fault last night. It was Jason Tatum. I mean, he had a great first half, 21 points in the first half, and then had eight points in the second half. Just straight up disappeared, and it was brutal. Yeah, he did nothing in the third quarter. The team didn't, and and the numbers stand out. And This is a a very good reference point to the 2020 uh, Eastern Conference Finals in a second. But eight of the Celtics' 16 turnovers shine came in the third quarter. In the postseason, their third quarters have been terrible. They're a negative 4.7 net rating. In the regular season, they were plus 11.8. That was best in the NBA. They were the best net rating team third quarter in the entire league. They're a negative 4.7. They were 2 of 15 last night shooting in the third quarter. 0 for 7 from 3. Eight turnovers led to 12 points uh, for the Miami Heat the other way. Uh, did got smoked, smoked in the second half in points in the paint. And again, I mentioned the 2020 uh, Eastern Conference Final. That game two was the exact same thing. Celtics won three of the four quarters, got blown out in the third quarter, and that's what Miami does. Their experience, they 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 they'll take one stretch of the game, completely own you, and it doesn't matter what happens. They play even, whatever, lose by a couple points. They are able to find that weak underbelly, and I I feel like Spolster pointed out how bad the Celtics have been in the third quarter, and the Heat just jumped on. Like the game had restarted there for them. I think experience played a factor. Fatigue was definitely a factor in that second half. Yes, for sure. We talked about teams playing a game seven, having to play a game one. Like even if Horford and Smart play, I don't think the Celtics win that game based on the way that Tatum and Brown played in the second half. But the fatigue, I thought, Shime played a major advantage for Miami there in the final 24 minutes. Yeah, I 100% agree. And not only are the Celtics, have they been awful in the third quarter here in the playoffs, Miami's been the best third quarter team in basketball in the playoffs. They were like plus 77 in oh. third quarter so far in the playoffs. Wow. And after last night, they're now plus 102. Like, it is it is insane uh, how much Miami was able to take advantage of that, and they really thrived. Jimmy Butler, who struggled a little bit in the first half, 
absolutely lit it up in the second half. And to be honest, the Celtics just didn't stand a chance. Uh, they did not. And again, I, they kind of made it a game there in the fourth quarter. They cut it to single digits a couple different times. But to me, it never felt like a game that was going to go their way. And it happened all there in the third quarter. It happened because of Jason Tatum uh, and Marcus Smart. And so what ha- what I wanted to happen happened, right? We'll get to the, the betting on the game itself here. Well, I can do the betting on the game right here. Uh, I had the under. That was dead. Uh, you had the Celtics. That was dead. Some of the props came home. The Tatum assist prop easily covered. Yep. Did I read this morning the Derek White prop never got there? It didn't. He had oh. three at halftime and then had one in the second half. <laughs> so he missed He missed by a half an assist. That is brutal. Just absolutely oh. devastating. That is rough. What else in this game did we have? Uh, uh, I had Horford, but that was a no play since he didn't end up playing. And then Bam Adebayo was nowhere to be found in the second half. So uh, I did not get the over eight and a half assists out of Bam either. And, and look, I, I would point out that we talked about this game at 10 o'clock when we had certain information about the game. Yep. It changed. So, uh, obviously, uh, the bets went a certain way. I'm not going to blame it on that. But hopefully you're able to make adjustments. Like Tyler Devitt, the producer from Maloney and Fourier, pointed out, like, isn't the game more likely to go over now, Mutt, because there's no Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. And he was right. And I didn't hedge. I still took a big loss on the, the under last night. But hopefully other people did not make that same investment. And just like anything else, when you get new information like that, it is perfectly acceptable in my mind, Shime, if you bet the game a certain way and you live in a state or you live somewhere where you can bet or you have a website where you can, you know, we'll say legally, but you can bet in Massachusetts. Like, I, I in, in racing, I'll hedge out of bets all the time. Because yeah. Oh, that's I what I did last night. I hedged out of the Celtics money line. As, because as soon as I saw Horford and Smart were out, I texted you and said, oh, you were right. The yeah. Heat are going to win game one. Yep. And so what did I do? I went and hedged a little bit, and I took the heat minus four and a half at that point because I was like, I just I need to be careful here. And luckily that covered and it saved my ass a little bit. Yep, and it's again, it's it's part of the, the stuff you learn when you start to look at these things every day and you treat it like an investment uh, versus fun money. It's 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 to break even on a bet where your 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 first bet was made with certain information, and then information changes. To me, that's okay. Like I, I I'm totally okay with that. I wouldn't even call it hedging shine. It's just. I don't know, it's protecting your money. You ma- you made a bet when you thought something was true. Ends up it's not true. They're still allowing you to bet. In racing, you can cancel your bets. You can't cancel your bets in sports books. So what you have to do is you have to go in and sort of hedge out of it. So I'm sure people did that. Um, so my whole thing, so we didn't do well in game one. My whole premise was lose game one, and then I can bet the series going forward. Well, now given <laughs> now the Horford stuff, that. and given the smart stuff, like I – what what do I do? I I can't. I was gonna go two fists all in on this series price at plus one twenty five, plus one thirty, plus one thirty five. It's sitting at plus one twenty five, but there is no information on Horford right now. Nothing on Marcus Smart. Robert Williams left the game late. They're saying it's just a, a, a mild, uh, some sort of cramping issue. But based on the fact this guy has missed forty percent of his games in the NBA so far, I can't trust that. So am I being a, a, a wuss here, or am I? Am I Am I playing it smart to say out loud this morning, I cannot confidently, as we stand right now, do the thing I had planned on doing based on what happened last night? No, I think that's a smart thing to do, Mud. I think with the information you have, standing Damn. by and waiting is it has to be the play at this point because there's just such so many unknowns that you cannot take that risk, especially for the value that you're going to get. Like, it's just it's not worth it. You just said that. You, it's funny. You said it's risk. Like, you I, I we call, it's it's sports betting, but it's it's speculative investment is yeah. really what it is. And so, am I now willing to invest X amount of dollars in something where forget the injuries for a second? 
We've seen the pictures of Val Horford. He flew with the team. He was with the team in practice. He wasn't wearing a mask. Then we find out uh, there are other staffers. We find out just yesterday other staffers have it. Like, to me, it's not crazy, and I'm not wishing this in the Celtics at all, and the idea that COVID could derail their season is mind-blowing to me. But it's not nuts scientifically that they have an outbreak, it screws them for the series, and they end up losing because they're never at full strength in the next two weeks. Bingo. I, I'm not wishing that, Shime, but that but it's is a now possibility. in the, it's and now you have the range take, of outcomes. Yes, as, as, yes, a, yes. as a sports game yes. where you have to take into account every possible risk, this is a massive massive possible risk for you. You cannot in good conscience then go against that fully with a with a large investment knowing the amount of risk that's at play. And by the way, I said their series price was uh, plus 120. It went up to 125. I'm now looking at FanDuel. It's plus 130. Yeah. So their odds are going up because the same thing that I'm dealing with, other people are dealing with the Heat or minus 155 now to outright uh, win the series, which makes a lot of sense given how well they played last night. They have home court and the Celtics issue. So I admit right now fully at 11.13 a.m. Tuesday morning, you're hearing this later, Wednesday morning, I'm sorry, I don't have a dime in the Celtics right now to win this series. I need more information. If you've got a better stomach than I do or tougher stomach than I do, go ahead and bet it at plus 130 because it's only going to go down. The second Al Horford is cleared for game two or we hear Marcus Smart's going to play or, hey, there's no COVID outbreak, that number is going back down. So if you want to add some risk into it, maybe the 130 is worth it to you. It is not worth it for me. Uh, as far as the game two price, early look ahead to Thursday night at, again, 845 or so. This line open at 5. It is now anywhere between three and a half and four and a half. So there is some Celtic money coming in early here. Uh, the total is 206 and it stayed 206. The money line, um, the Celtics money line has been bet down. It opened at plus 170. It's now down to plus 155. Maybe people gambling that, hey, it's worth it. You mentioned yesterday, Shime, Celtics don't lose two games in a row. Yep. Maybe, I, But I, I didn't see enough last night, even at plus 155 to make me want to jump in before knowing the, the status of Horford and Smart. Yeah, I'm if the Celtics kidding. are plus money, I'll probably dabble on the money line. I'm just going to wait me for too. information uh, until too. tomorrow, I think, at this point. There's no uh, point in jumping in now. There's also, I can't give you any early prop leans because there's no rotational stuff yet. Like, who knew Aaron? Like, Aaron, Aaron Neesmith gets in. Aaron Neesmith playing last night? Like, I, I so I can't even... That's no how you know the Celtics there. were down bad, is that Aaron Neesmith was on the court in a playoff game. And I, I am the biggest Aaron Neesmith fan. Like, he... He looked kind of like Marcus Smart last night. Plates unbelievable defense, good rebounding, still offensively can't find Great it. block. But if he's asked to play meaningful minutes, like that's not good. Agreed. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm right now. I am in perg. I'm in betting sports betting purgatory. I want to bet the Celtics. We have a COVID outbreak. Marcus Smart is hurt. Williams is banged up. I have money. I want to bet, and I can't bet it. <laughs> I have money. I want to bet, and I can't bet it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mutt. It's okay. I have I have places for you to bet your money if you want. The Prince of Pucks is here, Mutt. Okay, let's turn our attention. A lot more Celtics breakdown tomorrow on uh, BetQL Boston. Let's turn our attention. One and one last night, Prince of Pucks. Yeah, one and one uh, last he- night. We missed on the uh, the Panthers' uh, three-way money line there. They, I mean, they got up one nothing right away, and I was like, okay, this is good. They look exactly they, how they I expected blo- them to look. They got blown out, correct? Yeah, they got their doors blown off. I'm really, <laughs> I really regret not being having more conviction in Nikita Kucherov to have uh, a goal yesterday because he, in fact, scored one and had an assist. So I missed out on plus 170 there. But – we were. I was dead on exactly how the uh, Blues Avalanche would play out. Avalanche a little rusty to start the game. Jordan Bennington also stood on his freaking head. He had 51 saves in that game. That game ended up going to overtime. We had the Blues on the puck, puck line at plus one and a half. Nice. Uh, so we hit there when the uh, Avalanche won three to two. 
All right, we have two more games today in the NHL. We're going to have double headers in the NHL for the next two weeks. The Prince of Pucks is going to be busy. Rangers-Hurricanes game one. Oilers-Flames game two. Give us the Prince of Pucks locks yeah, this for is, game ones tonight, buddy. I am all over this Hurricanes game. This Hurricanes team, I, we got to watch them firsthand in seven games. They are outright better than this New York Rangers team. This New York Rangers team had to give everything they possibly could in order to beat a e-bug goalie in three games in a row uh, in Pittsburgh. And those two games prior in Pittsburgh, they got absolutely blown out the door, 7-2 to two and 7-3. to three. Uh, This game is at Carolina. I think Carolina is straight up the best team in the East. Uh, the only team that I think that can compete with them is the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think Carolina comes out hot. They're going to win this game. I'm going to go Carolina on the puck line at minus 1.5. So you're going to get that at plus 158. I love that value. I also love the over 6 in this game. Like I I said the last time <laughs> when the Rangers were weren't playing with their backs against the wall, they got absolutely demolished in Pittsburgh. I expect the same kind of thing here in Carolina. So I expect that game to have a lot of goals scored. Igor Shostirkin, as good as he was in the regular season, has not been great in the playoffs. Over six goals at minus one hundred two, basically even money. I really like as well in that game. And uh, then late Oilers Flames, yeah, Oilers Flames game. I just have one play here. I think really, I, I just I don't have a good feeling on the total. Calgary's totals were a lot very low. Edmonton's were generally high, but a couple of games there were shutouts, and it's weird. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to make a play on the guy who's probably the most exciting player in hockey. That's Connor McDavid to have over one and a half points in the game at minus 120 a little bit of juice there but I'm just rooting for Connor McDavid I think that's a fun play uh, and it's a bet that I actually really like all right so there you go we got two Prince of Pucks bets there Uh, I'm with you on the Hurricanes uh, and I'll be placing the Hurricanes over uh, a little mini parlay to keep my action uh, fresh tonight dibble dabble pizza money hell yeah Uh, just Uh, for those who are curious uh, puck line and the over parlay for some reason it won't let me not letting me parlay these on FanDuel for some reason right now, Excuse so I don't me. have the value all of a sudden. Excuse me, FanDuel. Let's not do. Let's not. Yeah, right. Not, not some of your these. selections can't be combined into a single parlay. What is this? We are frustrated. Do you have something else locked in there? Yeah, we have a, th- a third game queued up there. No, I got nothing. This is weird. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Either way, minus one and a half uh, on the puck line for the Hurricanes at plus one fifty eight and over six. Uh, Red Sox is the one thing we got right last night. Jose Altuve over one and a half total bases, hit the Nailed double that. in the second inning. There were um, one, two, three, four, five home runs against <laughs> Nate Evaldi last got night in the second inning. absolutely pumped. And I will give our, our Red Sox producer, Ben Charleston, a lot of credit. He's not on this podcast, obviously, and he's a, he's a golf better himself. We'll talk some PGA Championship betting uh, here in a second. Um, he said off the air, I wish I could bet home runs given up by Nate Evaldi. And I started looking. They don't have that stat. I wish you could... I wish they offered that, and he was right because he only gave up uh, sick uh, five in that second inning there. <laughs> only five. Only five. Uh, they got blown out. They are facing a really good pitcher tonight, Luis Garcia. Uh, I think it'll be a low-scoring game tonight, but the total's not my favorite bet. I'm on Luis Garcia, under one-and-a-half walks, Sean Time. Pitching prop. Ooh, okay. Under one-and-a-half walks is plus 135. He has six starts this year. Three of those, he's walked one. The other three, he's only walked two. Nine walks on the year. Only 33 and a third. The Red Sox don't walk. They swing at everything. Luis Garcia is one of the best pitchers in the American League right now. He shut down the Red Sox in Game 6 of the ALCS a year ago. He's out to a great start. His whip is under 1 to start the year. He's got a 2.94 ERA. He's one of the best young pitchers in baseball. Red Sox swing at everything. He doesn't walk anybody. Give me under 1.5 walks, Luis Garcia, at plus 135. There's your baseball prop bet. I love that. And, uh, and let Ben Charleston know that, at least on FanDuel, you can bet the uh, over-under of hits allowed by the pitcher. So next time, if he feels like Nate is just going to get 
get whacked around again, uh, might be a play he can look into. Uh, we will let Ben know that. So there you go. There's your hockey for tonight. You got a baseball prop, and we will uh, you know sit in purgatory, betting sports betting purgatory for some Celtics news, and I'll be efforting information from beat writers that I can DM in the next 24 hours to find out what the heck is going on. You can certainly help us out. Before we, uh, We're going to talk uh, golf in here in a second with our buddy Ryan Hannibal, uh, Bet MGM, PGA Championship, long shots to bet this weekend, second major of the year. Before we talk to Ryan Hannibal, the one way you can help this podcast is very simple. Well, you can tell a friend. That certainly helps. But subscribe to our podcast feeds. It lets Big Daddy Odyssey know we are growing, and we got more things to offer you folks as a listening audience. Subscribe very simply on the Odyssey app. Search BetQL Boston. Hit the orange subscribe button. You get the podcast right there uh, on your iPhone or listening device. You go to iTunes like I do. Search again, BetQL Boston. See the logo there. Subscribe. Get the podcast every single day. And Shime is on Spotify. Tell people, Shime, on Spotify how to get it done. All you got to do is go to the search bar, type in BetQL Boston will be the number one search result right there. You click that. There's a little follow button in the left, and underneath there's actually even a rating button. You can click give us five stars while you're at it. And as you subscribe to the BetQL Boston podcast, you do so for the Boston betting content on the Patriots, Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins, etc., and also for the big events like the PGA Championship, second major of the year, our buddy Ryan Hannibal, formerly WEEI.com, now golf expert, he wants to be known as, for BetMGM, joins us to find some long shot bets and plays for the second major of the year. Hannibal, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Mutt. How's it going? It's going good. Say hello to Chris Scheim. He's here, too. What's up, Hannibal? Hi, Scheim. I miss you. It's been a while, bud. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm ready. I'm ready to win some money. That's what I'm ready for. What do you mean? Is You're he always good? ready to win money. This is How's Hannibal? I mean, Hannibal's life now is writing about golf betting. His yeah. life is great. I want Hannibal's job. It is great, and and some free time to play golf. What could be better? Look at that. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about your game at some other point. We're here to talk about the second major of the year, the PGA Championship. Uh, I want to start with the course itself. Uh, Southern Hills Golf Club there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They played here in 2007. Tiger won. But everything I'm reading here, Hannibal, says – it's a much different course. Give us an idea of uh, what we're facing uh, this weekend, meaning Thursday, 8 a.m. tee time there in Oklahoma. Yeah, they had a restoration since the last time Tiger played there and won, and they basically tore down a ton of trees to open it up. They added in some bunkers, and then the, the biggest thing is they changed the complexes of the greens, uh, where they basically got rid of the rough around the green and made they elevated the greens and made the runoffs. So we're going to see, uh, you know, I think it's comparable to Augusta in a way. Ooh, uh, the, 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 the guy that did the, the, the original design, I believe his name is Perry Maxwell, going way back. He also did some work at Augusta, so there definitely is some carry over there. So I'm actually looking at guys that played well at Augusta and have good course history at Augusta to carry it over this week at Southern Hill. Only two par fives here. Um, so you're looking at – is there any other stats you're looking at? Is it par four scoring? Is it uh, bogey avoidance? I mean, uh, the two par fives I'm looking at are both over 600 yards. So the course history with Augusta tied into it. How about golfer profile, guys? What are you looking for with the players you want to bet here this weekend in the uh, PJ Championship? I don't think length's going to be a, a, a big thing here. Like I think that's going to be a neutralizing field. Like the guys that hit it the longest aren't going to have a, a big advantage, especially if the course plays hard and firm. Uh, probably bogey avoidance. I mean, that's just always a key in major championships. And then also with uh, you know the greens, like I mentioned, and, and kind of the, the runoffs. I think chipping's going to be very important. So guys that maybe struggle around the greens might not have as good of a chance this week. 
It's an awesome feel for this thing. Um, so there's no significant favorite. But in the betting market, we're talking Wednesday morning, so this could change. But I don't think it'll change significantly, uh, depending on the weather, which we'll get to. Uh, Scheffler and McElroy, around 12 to 1. Spieth and Rom, both 14 to 1. Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, 18 to 1. Those are all the guys under 20 to 1. Of those six sort of bigger names, and I'm not a big fan of betting these favorites, even at these prices in any type of event like this because the fields are so good and so many things can happen. But of those six there, Scheffler, McElroy, Spieth, Rahm, uh, Cam Smith, or Justin Thomas, and we'll add Victor Hovland there as well. Of those seven, uh, Hannibal, the favorites we'll call them, who would stand out as a guy you would most likely to win? Maybe not bet, but most likely to win amongst that group. Justin Thomas, I just think he's due. He hasn't won since the 2020 Players Championship. He's been close. It's not like he's, you know, been out of the mix. He's been in the mix almost every week. He goes on these runs, it seems like, at least one round in these big tournaments that he's just the best player in the field, and he just struggles another day that kind of takes himself out of the tournament. Like, he, he had a bad Thursday at Augusta last month and had a great rest of the tournament. Take away Thursday, he's probably right there come, come Sunday afternoon. Uh, he's just too good of an all-around player, and I think that's what this course is going to demand. And like I said, I just think he's due for a win. His only major is the PGA Championship, so maybe he has some good vibes there. Uh, so I just like Thomas. He, his ball striking's too good, um, and like I said, he's due. 18-1 to 1 right now for Justin Thomas. But you're not a, a favorites player either. You're a long shots player. In fact, looking at betmgm.com uh, right now, you wrote a, card, a column yesterday. Five intriguing long shots for the PGA Championship. That's what people are listening. They want long shots. They want prices, even if they're dibble-dabbling with some pizza money, right? We want the long shots. That's how I like to play the golf tournaments. Give us the names you like and the prices you like uh, as the longest of odds plays here in the PGA. Handle. Cameron Young is my probably play of the week. I'm going to be playing him probably a little bit for some outright wins and then sprinkle in some maybe top 10s and top 20s. He's one of the best ball strikers on tour. He's a young, he's a rookie out of Wake Forest. He's kind of, he just emerged as a guy that's going to be, I think he's going to be a stud on the PGA tour. He contended at the Genesis earlier this year in a strong field. Uh, he contended, I believe at the RBC in the last couple of weeks. He's just a strong all around player. I like the way that he hits his iron. And a lot of people have compared him to Will Zalatoris, who I'm a big fan of too. And they think Cameron Young's going to win first over Will Zalatoris to get the first PGA Tour win. Uh, obviously, probably early for a major, but who knows? If he hits his ball as well as he has for the majority of this year and his putter gets hot, I like him. I believe he was plus 8,000 uh, uh, to win. So he's my favorite overall uh, long shot play. And then I like Kevin Kisner too. He's kind of a guy that doesn't do well at long courses, but this course doesn't demand length. And I look at him and his success at Austin Country Club in the uh, match play, and kind of this course could be similar in the way that it plays firm and fast. And, and we've seen just the, his way to grind. If this course plays tough and the scoring's high, that's probably a good thing for him too. So look at Kevin Kisner as, as a long shot there. So he's, he was 80-1. to 1. He's bet down in some places 50-1. to 1. Sean, maybe you're seeing FanDuel there, but I know on DraftKings – He's been down at 50-1 to one and only 4.5-1 to one to go to the top 10. And I'll give there's a there's a golf internet rumor out there, Hannibal, about Cam Young. Uh, and unsubstantiated, so take this for what it's worth. But the weekend where Tiger flew into the PGA, played the Southern Hills and played uh, practice round there, Cam Young was there as well. And the reports locally were Cam Young tore up that course. Cam Young loved the course. So there's some buzz locally in Oklahoma that he likes this place. So you might you might be on a, on a, a buzz golfer this weekend. 
I didn't hear that, but it just furthers my, my theory on, on Cam Young. It could be a big week for the rookie. I, I'm all in on him. Love all right, I'll give you my long prop prices. I can't bet favorites here. How about Hideki Matsuyama? 22-1, to 1, has won the Masters before, plays mm-hmm. well on tough courses. Quick read on Matsu. I like him. Uh, I think I have him playing one of my uh, tournament matchups. I forget who I had him going up against. I want to say it was either Hovland or uh, Morikawa. Both Hovland and Morikawa struggle around the green, so I like Hideki in that matchup. And kind of like what you said, he has that success at Augusta. Obviously, he's won there. He gets his irons really well. The thing with him is his putter, sometimes it's streaky, and if this is a good week for that, I think he's the guy to definitely consider and be up there. So if you're looking for, you know, a solid player, a guy that's won a major before but isn't up there as, you know, one of the big tournament favorites, I think Hideki's a great play. So, uh, so Hannibal, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, you know, I saw you uh, You talked a little bit about Tiger Woods and some of the props around him. He's, mm-hmm. uh, as, as a kid growing up in the heyday of Tiger Woods, whenever I have the opportunity to bet on him now as an adult, I want to do it. What would be my best play if I was targeting any kind of prop around Tiger Woods? Just like it was for the Masters, just to make the cut. I think I, I, I saw that up at MGM at minus 120, I believe. Uh, you're getting plus money at the Masters, so it's not as great right now. But just look at the way that he played at the Masters. He was great the first two days and then started on the weekend. A lot of that probably had to do with the health of his leg, just the, the four days wore on him. So he was obviously better uh, the first two. And I think it's the same thing. Uh, this week, he's probably going to be stronger the first couple of days. It's probably better for him that it's warmer and not like Augusta where it was cold all four days. Um, and just also, too, when you look at the cut, they take the top 70 in ties. That's one of the bigger cut you know, numbers on the PGA Tours. They're taking more players on the weekend, so he has a better chance of doing that. Uh, obviously, the history at Southern Hills, so it's not you know great value at minus 120, but I, I like his, his chances to make the cut for sure. Uh, he gave us fifty to one shot Tiger to make the cut, uh, which I think is a, a really good bet. It's not a not exciting bet, but I think it's a safe bet heading into the weekend. Have you checked the weather at all, Hannibal? I know that it can be very windy in Tulsa. Is the weather factoring into any of your plays for guys trying to make the cut before Saturday? Not really. I mean, I don't think it's going to be major. I, I think that the wind is kind of streaky there. Like sometimes it'll, it'll come up out of nowhere. It's supposed to be hot the first couple of days, and then get a little. Hot meeting nineties and then cooled down into the seventies over the weekend. Uh, I haven't seen anything significant about like huge, huge wind stuff or you know any rain coming in that could impact the draw. So I don't think weather is a huge factor. I mean, sure you probably want to look at guys that do play well in the wind if you want to look at some advantage there. But overall, I'm not really taking too much of that as a factor. Give us fifty to one shot in Cam Young. He's four and a half to finish top ten. Uh, anything else? Any other golfers you want to point out for the people? Uh, they can also check out your article at betmgm.com. Yeah, I got one I'm working on right now, the the 10 best bets that I'm placing. That should oh. be up uh, some, sometime this afternoon. But I'm I'm going through my list as I'm saying about you guys. You're getting actually a free preview oh. of this. Oh, uh, beautiful. Will Zalatoris, top five. I think I, he was my play at the Masters. I wanted to play him this week. He didn't, he didn't play well last week with Byron Nelson. Uh, he's just He's due for a win. Like He's too good of a player not to win on the PGA Tour. And I've actually sprinkled some money on him basically every time he's teed it up the last probably four or five months. And I'm due to have, have that payoff at some point. Uh, he, he hits his irons very, very well. He just struggles around the greens with his putting. And we saw him change his putting stroke earlier this year at the World Match Play. It seemed to improve a little bit. Same thing at the Masters. So if the ball striking stays the same like it has been, 
and he could just find his putting to get average relative to the rest of the field, he's definitely going to be up there uh, on Sunday. Will Zalatoris, I'm seeing six to one to finish in the top ten. So you'll have an article with some more betting advice people for Thursday. One, one, one more. Oh, so keep Davis going, Riley. keep going. Jeez, da- go ahead. Davis Riley, top twenty. I'm, you're getting good value on that. He's one of the young. You know, he's had a good last month or so. Um, he's just. I'm not saying he's the guy that's going to be in the top ten and compete to win, but he's had some strong finishes. He played well last week at the Byron Nelson. Uh, so he's just a guy that people probably don't know about. Um, but I like him to finish in the top 20. Cash for me last week, the same bet at the Byron Nelson, so let's carry it over again this week. All right, I'm going to leave you my last big long shot, and then I'll let Shine wrap up with anything else. You've given us a bunch of good stuff here for the PGA. Uh, how about Alex Noren at a ridiculous 100-1? to 1? He's fl- He played well on windy courses. Uh, mm-hmm. Patty, Harr- Patty Harrington won a PGA championship coming over from Europe. He's a monster price. He hit the avoids bogeys as well as anybody on tour. Long shot, big play, Alex Noren. Your thoughts? Don't mind it. Uh, he's kind of been up and down the last couple of years, but he had a stretch a couple of years ago that he was contending in majors, and I, I want to say he's one of the better putters on the PGA Tour when he gets hot. So that, that's kind of all it takes in these majors is, is one week where your putter is on fire and you're right up there at the top of the leaderboard. So I don't really hate that at all. There are definitely worse plays that, that you could find there at that price especially. Listen, you're on a podcast that told people last Saturday and Sunday about KH Lee at 35 to one. He got home 50 to one, Mike. Oh, sorry, 50 to one. My bad. KH Lee, I'm going. What? Are you betting KH Lee this weekend? No, I am not betting KH Lee. No. Uh, Hannibal, uh, ahead, one Chuck. last question for you for me. Uh, so when you're looking at players to make or miss the cut, is there any guys that are kind of like favorites in this tournament that you could see end up missing the cut completely? That's tough to say, but like I'm looking at like I was looking at some some numbers, not numbers, but just some stats from the majors. Patrick Cantlay stinks the majors. Like he doesn't. He's a guy that you would think would do a lot better at these major tournaments. FedEx Cup champion last year just doesn't have you know a lot of great finishes there. Um, I'm not saying he's going to miss the cup, but he's a guy that I'm definitely staying away from this week. And then guys like Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland. They struggle a lot. They struggle big time around the greens. And like I said, tripping and putting is going to come into play a lot this week. Um, those guys are, are, you know, heavy, not heavy favorites, but they're up there, you know, on the, the, the odds board. But I just kind of could see this, this course not playing into, into well with their games. They struggle around the greens. Everyone's talking about their ball striking, which is great. But if they miss the greens, they're kind of in trouble. And if that happens a lot this week, maybe that's an opportunity for them to miss the cut. Uh, another guy I want to play to miss Scott, I couldn't find it available on BetMGM, is Bryson DeChambeau coming in not healthy. Maybe some people in the golf world just think he's fine and, and didn't have wrist surgery last month. Uh, so he's a guy I would pick to miss the cut. I did that at the Masters, and that paid off. Uh, and I'm not seeing it either on the website I'm looking at either. Me. Maybe it's, a, it's an injury thing, and they're dead worried about the liability of – an injury or withdrawal, which could be an issue there. Right. Uh, right. I love betting on golf. I, I think golf, betting on golf is one of the best sweats you can have in all of betting. You have the sweat to see if your guy makes the cut. Then you have the sweat on Saturday, and then on Sunday, you can live bet the event throughout the entire thing. See KH Lee. There's awesome DFS uh, stuff with it as well. And Hannibal is a degenerate, folks. I, people that don't know, just know him from you know Andy Hart's podcast, buddy, hanging out with Shime and, and folks on the, the Patriots podcast. He is a true golf degenerate. He watches every round. He bets every round. He's live betting each way's one and done tournament. So when he says Cam Young fifty to one, 
You better freaking listen. Uh, Ryan Hannibal on Twitter, BetMGM, where you can get his stuff, including a new article coming out at some point here Wednesday afternoon. Hannibal, enjoy the coverage this weekend. Enjoy wherever you're playing right now, and uh, we'll talk golf again soon, buddy. Thank you. Good stuff, guys. Always good joining you guys. Thanks, Hannibal. All right, go follow uh, Hannibal on Twitter at Ryan Hannibal, his content up uh, at BetMGM. I'm with him, Shime on Cam Young. I'll have some Hideki Matsuyama at 20 to 1. Uh, I'll have some uh, Brooks Kepka at 55 to 1. And Mito Pereira is my longest. Well, Alex Noren's 80 to 1, too, so I kind of like him. Uh, and Mito Pereira, 80 to 1, hits the ball low with the wind shime time. I see some wind in the forecast. The next two days in Oklahoma, I want to play prices. And then, of course, I'll be live betting this thing as we did all Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to get some bets in on this and be a better PGA Tour better. Uh, I, I'm excited to listen to Hannibal more. Make sure to follow him uh, over at BetMGM and on Twitter as well. All right, Shime, we will uh, pre- we'll preview Celtics and uh, Bucks game two tomorrow, hopefully with more injury information. Take care, pal. Can't wait, Matt. See ya.